It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to this Locked On crossover with Locked On Colts and Locked On Packers. I am here today with Bill Huber. He is the host of Locked On Packers, and I am your host of Locked On Colts, Matt Danley. Uh, Bill, how you doing, man? I'm great. How about you, Matt? Excellent. Uh, glad to talk to you. Glad to kind of kind of get this this game kind of worked out and see what we're going to come up with. We bang our heads together and see kind of what we're going to see this Sunday uh, with the Colts and Packers in uh, Lambeau. This is kind of an exciting matchup for me uh I always enjoyed watching games in Lambeau and so on but uh to watch my Colts go up there and uh see what they can pull together against a Packers team is is going to be very interesting to say the least should be a good game you know obviously Green Bay is in, in the thick of a bad NFC North and a kind of a mundane NFC I guess what what's Indy's feeling I mean they're, they're three and five obviously and we had um, you know, the conference calls and obviously everyone's, everybody's disappointed there, but mm-hmm. what's, what's the feeling big picture wise? Are they, they think they, they got a fighting shot at this thing yet? Um, I would say, oh, if you're talking about in the facility, yeah, I think that they, th- they feel they have a, a realistic shot at the game. I think they do too. Uh, so long as about three or four things go their way specifically. Uh, and then I think a lot of their thing, a lot of others <laughs> have to, have to be pretty helpful as well. It's it's a it's a different team this year to where they've been close in almost every game, and uh, at the end of the day, you really start wondering at times how they kept the game so close. Uh, whether the teams are playing down to you know the, whether the Colts are a bad team and teams are playing down to their uh, you know their uh, the, their matchup, or or if the Colts are actually doing something that doesn't just jump off the screen at you. Uh, that's keeping the other teams uh, kind of at bay and just doesn't, you know what I mean? It's just not one of those things. It's like, oh, they're they're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback or this or that, you know, it's just something that's keeping these games close. It's it's really hard to tell. Uh, w- with the remaining schedule, you know, there's a lot of things for the Colts that uh, come up to where they have – uh, an interesting second half of the season. Uh, you know, they, they start the second half of the season with you guys, and then they take their bye, and then they've got the Vikings and the Raiders among the other AFC South uh, games in there as well, and a couple others. And it's it just interesting to see how the rest of the schedule, those teams, how they're working out uh, with their schedules and so on, um, with the Vikings kind of taking a dip. Uh, the the Raiders are, are kind of uh, back and forth, so on, uh, and, and then nobody knows really what's going to happen in an AFC South game. Uh, we've already seen that over the past several years. But this game against the Packers, I think the Colts bring um, an interesting matchup into Lambeau, but there, there's so many differences in this Packers team than we've seen in years past. For example, um, Aaron Rodgers is, is only... 
throwing the ball uh, about six and a half yards per attempt right now, which is pretty low compared to what he's been. In fact, it's like 6.3 yards per attempt, which is one of his lowest uh, in his career. In fact, it is the lowest in his career. Um, but they've, they, like I said, they've got those guys, the receivers coming in the backfield and they're using, they're, they've such a, 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 an op or a revolving door so much in the backfield. It seems like, uh, where, where are the Packers going to find their, uh, success against this Colts team? Well, I want to hit on the, on the yards per attempt. It was funny. We, we had a quarterbacks coach, Alex Van Pelt on Thursday evening up at Lambeau and he was asked about that. And, you know, they're, they're not worried. Actually, it was uh, offensive uh, associate head coach Tom Clements was asked about it. And it is. I mean, he entered after the 2014 season. He was number three in NFL history in that number, uh-huh. like 8.3. So where he is now is it's it's a remarkable drop off. But, you know, at least for public consumption, they're not worried about that number. Um, Tom Clements said that if you start chasing stuff like that, then you just get things worse. But you've at least figured out something. and. As odd as it is to to say, I think losing Eddie Lacy might have actually been a benefit to him. Mm. Now the game is in, it's in Aaron Rodgers' hands, and there's no more for Rodgers. I mean, I think for the first six weeks, he, I, I swear, he just looked in the pocket trying to make big plays and extending plays and buying time, just trying to make you know the big play, the splash play. And I think losing Lacy has forced him to, you know what, it's it's okay to throw the ball three yards. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'll throw the ball three yards. My my guy will run for five, and we're going to gain eight. So I I think there's some benefit there. So I I, you know, how do you attack the Colts? Well, I I guess I'll throw it back to you here in a second. But you know I I think I I think it's going to be the, a lot of the same stuff. It's going to be a lot of the quick hitting stuff. Uh, you know I think they'll get Randall Cobb back, who's their you know slot receiver. They'll probably get Ty Montgomery back, who's a receiver who's been playing running back. So I think it'll be a lot of the same kind of stuff that that Packers fans have seen the last couple of weeks. I'm curious about uh, Bonte Davis. Do you think he's going to play with that concussion? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say no at this time. Um, I, it's so hard to tell uh, how quickly they come in and out of the the concussion protocol anymore. Uh, I, I wouldn't even venture a guess, to be honest with you. But the fact that he, uh, let's see, uh, he, did, he was limited today. Right. So whether that means he was in there with, uh, you know, a no-contact jersey, uh, it it just it's just hard to tell. It really depends on how you know because that first day back, basically when they get them on the field at all, they just want to see if they can go through some sort of a vigorous uh, workout and and not suffer the reoccurring symptoms. And then you know the Friday uh, after that is going to be used to see you know can the guy do this and maybe hit a little bit. Just kind of depends if they still have a non no contact jersey on him tomorrow. He's not going to practice or he's not going to play this Sunday. I don't think. Okay, so obviously he's he's key. I mean, one of the Packers receivers called him one of the premier corners in the NFL. So the, the Packers think very highly of him. And you know, you know, looking looking at Green Bay secondary, they have, where they have three starters out. I mean, you don't have to look too hard to figure out the the, the fault when, when you're when, when you're down your top guy. Then saw so your number two guys moving up to the number one guy, and the number three corners moving up to number two, and sets off a whole avalanche of things. I, you know, Green Bay is pretty tight lipped like most teams are about not having the bulletin board material, but I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they look at the Colts passing numbers and, 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 they, and they see opportunities. What, what's gone wrong there besides just injuries or, or is that it? Well, it's been a little bit of everything. I mean, when you add injuries, some of it's poor play calling now defensively, it's just the, the passing game uh, for the most part. Now the Colts aren't exactly known 
as a, a run-stopping team, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody would accuse them of that. But late this year, it's uh, it, it's been a lot of downfield passing. They've they've done they've they've struggled quite a bit uh, in the secondary with the passing defense. I mean, they're well, they're I think thirty first or thirty second, either dead last or second to last in the league in passing yards and passing defense. And so um, they they have uh, a multitude of trouble getting their linebackers to cover uh, basically anybody for that matter. But the majority of it is tight ends and running backs, obviously. But their secondary is struggling as well. They've you know they've had some injuries. Vontae's done pretty solid, but he got torched by a tight end last week. So I mean he's just as uh, capable of being beat you know as anybody. And they've just had a lot of inconsistency. TJ Green is is pretty bad in coverage for the most part. And uh, Mike Adams, you know, had a bad game last week. And he has he had been to that point probably the best uh, member of the secondary, best defensive back mm-hmm. in, in coverage. So it's just hard to tell. They're they're just so inconsistent. You can't really get a read on any of their on any of their play. I mean, it's one week it's one thing they look good and you think that they're on a roll, and then the next week they look terrible, and it's like what happened, you know. Um, but that was another thing I wanted to ask you about, about the, I mean, you have some, or you have, uh, some corners that are going to be out this week as well, (laughs) or I mean that they're, they're, they're in trouble, not so much that they're out, (coughs) but you, uh, let's see who you have, uh, Dimitri, uh, Goodson. I'm not sure how much he plays. Is he a starter? Well, well, we'll, we'll start from the, from, from the original starters. Um, going the year was in, you know, including last year too, you know, Sam Shields is a veteran guy. He suffered a concussion in week one. He's on IR. You know, he's never going to play for the Packers again. He's he's mm. he's done. Um, which made Demarius Randall last year's first round pick. Then he became the number one corner. Well, he hurt his groin. He came back uh, a week later, or after missing him, he came back, re-entered the groin. Then he needed surgery, so he's out for five six weeks. Mm. Um, their number three corner is Quentin Rollins, a, a former basketball player from Miami, Ohio. Yeah, he got a groin injury. He's out. <laughs> so they've gone a couple games here without without their top three. So that put Dimitri Goodson, another former basketball player who had just come back from suspension, he became a starter. Ladarius Gunter, an undrafted guy from Miami, he became a starter. And Micah Hyde, who was their number three safety, he became a starter. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. No. <laughs> so um, I, re- I really liked Rollins coming out of school. Uh, yeah, he was he, one he of the guys I really hoped that the Colts been, would get. Yeah, he's been banged up some, and you know, well, he's so he's probably going to play. He seems to be healthy, which is good timing because Goodson has a suspension. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a, a concussion. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go. These are going to have one of their top three. So they're going to have one of their top three playing, and then a firm undrafted guy, Gunter, who's actually a pretty darn good player. But this matchup worries me because he he is he's not fast. Right. And that's the one thing that you guys have in an abundance of speed. There's an issue yeah. there, and Micah Hyde, he played corner Iowa, but he's playing safety because he's not fast enough to play corner. Well, he's me playing corner against a bunch of speedsters. It, it looks like looks like a lot of matchup problems from from Green Bay's perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what that that specifically is where I was going to go next. Uh, when you get to uh, maybe the third receiver on the field, uh, the tight end, and running backs, the, the Packers have been covering pretty well, at least uh, in comparison to the rest of the league. Uh, they're uh, what in the top twelve of of covering third tight or third wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. But then you get to 
uh, the number one and two receivers, and they're 25th and 26th in the league for or 25th for the first wide receiver, and 26th in the league against the second wide receiver. Uh, that that's something I was going to ask you about. Now I I know T Y Hilton is well, he was uh, practiced today, so that's a, a good sign for the Colts with his uh, injury. But what do you think that does for this weekend specifically against Andrew Luck being able to get the deep ball? Yeah, it's 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 a big problem. Um, Gunter's played really well. Um, he, against the against the well against the Giants, he was responsible for well he's partially responsible for shutting down Beckham. Um, then he played the Cowboys and he just got destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then he played the Bears and uh, they threw nine passes at Elshon Jeffrey and he caught three for like thirty yards. And against Julio Jones last week, Jones got hurt in the second quarter, but he didn't do anything. But of course, he's hurt, so that, that comes <laughs> a big aster. So they, Gunter's done pretty well, but you know what do those guys have in common? Well, Jeffrey doesn't run. Um, Jones on a on a bad wheel doesn't run. So right. I, I I would assume because he's the big physical guy. I would assume that he's he'll take Moncrief because you know six two compared to five nine. So I, I think he goes there. And they probably feel pretty good about that mat, that matchup, but. Man, I don't know how Quentin Rollins, who's, who's not a speed guy, he's coming back off a of Greenwich. I mean, I don't know how he stops Hilton if that's the matchup, and I don't know how Micah Hyde, who's usually been their, like I said, their third safety or their dime guy, I don't know how he matches up with with uh, Dorsett. So that mm-hmm. you know, really, their hope is that they, they got to stop the run because if they can't stop the run, then then Luck's just going to go play action and, and kill them. So they're going to have to stop the run with a a bare minimum of resources in the box and then hope and hope the pass rush can get there, which is obviously where the Colts are very vulnerable. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, they had three sacks this past week and it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, I actually wrote a piece today for today's pigskin about, um, Eric Walden and how he's been basically the best (laughs) pass rush option for the Colts. And he, you know, that you guys know about him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you guys know about him in Green Bay and he was everything I mean anything but a pass rush uh extraordinaire there and it's not so much that he is here it's just that should tell you how bad the Colts pass rush is across the board um they they've brought in Akeem Mayers who's who's gotten some good uh pressure they've gotten some pressure inside from a couple different guys but uh the you know if they can't especially with a guy like Aaron Rodgers he presents one of the biggest issues for the Colts, uh, getting out of the pocket and so on. But if, if they do a lot of those short passing plays that they've been doing the past several weeks, um, I don't know that it's going to matter if they get uh, a good uh, rush or, or not. If, if he's already got the ball out of his hand, uh, these guys, you're, the Packers uh, skill position guys are very good in space. And when you put a wide receiver in the backfield and some of that stuff happens, then then you've got real issues for this Colts defense who also struggles to tackle quite a bit. Yeah, that's not good. Um yeah, you what Walden's got six of the fourteen sacks and what is, is his math has kind of hit the end of the line, do you think? Oh yeah. 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 He he's got two sacks now, but it's it you know, it's just uh there just isn't a whole lot there to him anymore, I don't think. And it, it's just uh I don't know how to explain him. You you think that he looks good in a couple plays, but he just looks so much of a pushover. When you get him against a solid, a, a good tackle, and he just looks overmatched almost every single time, like almost every play out of the gate. He really has to be on top of his game, and it's almost as if the tackle has to have 
uh, a bad drop or doesn't anchor well or something like that. And Mathis can get a beat on him or some leverage at some point, but he, he really doesn't look good uh, this year. And the Colts really need multiple pass rushers, you know, which is why they've had to depend on their interior to get so much pressure up the middle. It, it's just a it's a bad situation in that regard. But they are uh, improving. I'll I'll say that. But that's you know that's that means nothing virtually <laughs> when you're t- when you're so bad <laughs> that you're improving and you've still only got 14 sacks on the year. Yeah, and, and you've only got eight from other people than Eric Walden. Things are not good. Yeah, and Green Bay's old line has played really well. I know you, if you look at Rodgers, Rodgers has been sacked some, but a lot of that was back from his early in the season when he was just hold, holding the ball for an eternity, waiting for someone to get open. Um, but their, their old tackles are really good. Left tackle David Bakhtiari is a heck of a good player. Yeah, he was he was vastly underrated for a couple of years, and, and now he got paid a lot of money. And I think people finally realized just how good of a left tackle he is. Packers don't help him, and they they don't help they don't help just don't help him. Period. You know, home road, you know, you're facing an all pro not me. It's Bakhtiari goes one and one and is expected to win. Right tackle Brian Blog is a pretty good player. Is that the Colts going going back to your O line? Is that what the vulnerability is? Is the, is the tackles between Costanzo and uh, and Hag? Uh, well, Hag's been Hag lately with Muhort being out has been playing left guard. Okay, and they've had. Uh, uh, Joe Wright's at right tackle, but he's out with a concussion right now. So how they uh, manipulate this line now uh, with not really having uh, a great uh, idea of what Muhort's done. When you Muhort hasn't practiced this week, so he, he's more than likely not playing this week either. So uh, with those two out, they, they have... Uh, a rookie in Austin Blythe who could come in and play a guard spot and they could probably, you know, uh, Denzel Good, who has played the right guard position uh, when Haig went out to right tackle. I think those two need to flip flop um, because Haig's a very, I think Haig's a very good for his uh, tenure, so, so to speak, for a rookie at, 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 a gar- at the guard position. He's not great yet. I mean, none of these guys are great. That's why they've given so many pressures and sacks. But they're young, and they have a lot of uh, potential. But I really think that right side of that line, good is better served as a tackle, in my opinion. He just looks lost a lot of times uh, in the interior. And Ryan Kelly's anchoring that line at the moment right now, and Anthony Costanzo had a bad week last week. So it's it's a very uh, makeshift line, it seems like, more weeks than not. It's Hague could be... Uh, a good a good option there, but the, you know they have Austin Blythe, Jonathan Harrison, who's not very good. Uh, he could be playing right guard. They may move Hague over to left guard again. We just don't know, and that's probably the most likely scenario. So, uh, but there it's their interior uh, for the most part. It's really a, a whole the entire line. Uh, Ryan Kelly has really been the strong point in that. Uh, offensive line for the Colts, but costanzo has been fantastic some weeks and been really bad others. And then you have the right side of the uh, line who, if they don't, if they're not on point, man, they give up just pressure after pressure after pressure. But then, you know, and the consistency issue is where it's at. Cause you see the potential with this team. Well, they'll go on a full drive and Andrew Luck will just be chilling in the pocket back there and picking defenses apart. And then on the very next drive, he's hit three out of the four times he he gets the ball snapped to him. It's just very inconsistent, hard to gauge. 
they're they're a young team with a ton of potential and up front, and uh, that's about it right now. So it's it's a scary thought when you get into a team that is not or that is good at rushing the passer uh, like the the Packers uh, can be. We'll put it that way. How how was Andrew Luck handled all this? I mean, pr- pressure is a quarterback's uh, uh, number one enemy, and he's been mm. got the Dickens beaten out of him. The numbers look he's, pretty darn good, all things considered, though. How, how, how's he handled it? Though the same way Andrew Luck always does, you know, uh, the 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 common uh, right answer, you know, to questions about it, never throws his guys under the bus. In fact, the coaching staff this week didn't want to say, didn't want to talk about anything about the offensive line. In fact, they pretty much, uh, when they were asked about it, and they, and I'll be honest, some of the local media that was asking the questions or asking some very uh, closed ended questions didn't really uh, give a a solid question in order to get any kind of an answer back. But at the same time, they did bring it up and the coaching staff, especially Pagano wanted nothing to do with it. He just simply ignored the question and said something about we're on to green Bay. I'm, you know, it it was uh, pretty weak, but it was at the same time, Andrews handled it fantastically, but that guy can't, I mean, my God, how many bruises does the guy have on his body right now? You know, if you could see under his Jersey, I mean, he'd probably look like a leopard, you know, I mean, cause he's just getting tagged all the time, but he gets back up and, uh, that's the kind of the thing with him. You know, I don't think too often you're ever going to see him sit out because he's got an ouchie. He's going to have to rupture his, uh, kidney or whatever you know just like he did last year in order to go out and that's a scary thought because he takes a lot of hits um not in and the good thing about this year though is that typically he was uh inviting pressure a lot of times he would move out of the pocket into other pressures you know what i mean he's not been doing it this year it's been um very much on the line in my opinion and the other part of that though is the offensive coordinator uh Chudzinski's got to, you know, back when the, in the days of Bruce Arians, they had a very downfield approach and they didn't have a great offensive line, but a lot of people, you know, didn't really give luck the benefit of the doubt at the time as a rookie, they wanted to test him naturally. Well, they had one of the biggest downfield attacks in the league that year. And there, a lot of these, uh, receivers routes are very downfield again, and that's killing uh, Andrew Luck in this offensive line, they need to shorten that up quite a bit. And they've, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of seven step drops and that's not good for a line that's leaky and a quarterback who's getting tagged, you know, seven, eight, 10 times a week. That's interesting so, because if you, if you look at their, their skill guys, I mean, they, they are downfield guys, right? I mean, you're not going to have your five, nine guys be underneath guys. So I, are, it's just a, is it just a mismatched roster at this point and they need to figure out the direction and build it or to how you see it or am i just totally wrong on that no it's not wrong uh the only thing is is that you know uh i think it's somewhat of a stigma if you were to give that to ty hilton about you know that he's uh struggles underneath or you know not so much that he struggles but that he doesn't get that underneath passes very often he's a downfield guy but that's not actually the case ty hilton gets a ton of yards after the catch uh, uh, often it's on a, uh, a backside, uh, crossing route or something like that to where a lot of the other guys are opening it up downfield, uh, even for him. Cause we've got a lot of speed with Moncrief and Dorsett on the other side. Um, and even Chester Rogers is proving that he's somewhat of a vital part to this receiving core who nobody knows anything about, but he's been, uh, very good. And with, uh, T Y in there, 
and uh, Dorset, they they run. Um, they're they're just pushing a lot of things downfield, and they're relying on their tight end to cover all the short passing game, and that you just can't do that. You've got to have more guys at different levels of the field, and they're really just oversaturating the deep uh, routes and uh, within the offense. And it, I, I wouldn't even say that it's a mismatch. I'd say that it's a pretty good group of wide receivers, and I think that they've got a nice uh, uh, core of, of skill set and abilities. But they, they've really got to use, you know, you've got the physical guy. Dorsett's ultimately a more physical and a, a, a bigger version of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, if, if you look at speed and stuff, I'm not talking about skill level. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have uh, uh, Moncrief also, who is a physical guy who can take some of those routes across the middle. They've they really like Moncrief doing a lot of the comeback routes and a lot of the deeper stuff to come back and 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 run uh, secondaries off. But they're going to have to switch that up with him coming back and they're going to have to use uh, really intelligent uh, play calls. And they just when they brought in another uh, defensive back, Frankie Williams, this week off the practice squad, they got rid of Chase Kaufman, their tight end. Uh, their uh, their other tight end. So if Dwayne Allen comes back this week, that's a huge help because otherwise they're really light on tight ends. And this could be um, this could be a disastrous week for this offense. I think if if they don't uh, get their play calling in, in order, you know, you can't you just simply can't run a, t- a ton of seven step drops and expect Andrew Luck in this offensive line who's already struggling to uh, you know. Uh, improve on that you know uh, Andrew Luck's gonna do what he can do but you know the offensive line's letting guys in that often he's gonna be running for his life I was looking at uh Lux, I mean, he threw a, a million interceptions last year in what seven games mm-hmm. he, he's, he seems like he's got a handle on that what what's what's he done better in that regard honestly I think a lot of that has to do with the quarterback coach Brian Schottenheimer he's been fantastic for him uh when I was watching him in training camp you could really tell that they were making a legitimate uh, push to improve both Luck's eye discipline and his footwork. And it was key because you, I mean, you could really tell, you know, uh, in training camps in the past, Luck's been on point, uh, always accurate right away, you know, from the very first practice, you know, until the end. And then the first few practices of the first week of training camp, he was sailing balls and everything because he was learning new footwork. You know, he was really, it was just retraining uh, his muscles, you know, to uh, react a certain way. And they were uh, making sure that he was staying on reads long enough and then coming off of them, going to the next one. They really were pushing that. It was really interesting to see because it was so obvious. You didn't need the coaches to tell you what they were doing. You know, in fact, they didn't say anything about it until about the third week of training camp. But I could tell, and I know others around me could see it as well. And, uh, I think that Schottenheimer has been fantastic for him. Schottenheimer's really brought his uh, skills to the forefront and kind of uh, polished them up, I think. And when you add his raw ability to that, I think Luck's just hitting his stride right now. I, I really uh, think that Brian Schottenheimer is going under the radar as far as what he um, – He's underappreciated for what he's done for Luck, I think. You know, you add Luck's skill set and you give uh, Brian the the polish and the and the rag, and and here you go. I think that Schottenheimer's done a fantastic job with him. Well, it'll be a fascinating matchup for sure. You know, given Green Bay's secondary is a mess and, and the speed concerns, but the, the one thing that the Packers have done 
is they've stopped the run. I mean, they are, I think they're number two going into this game, and, and, and that's allowed them to have some success throwing it. Um, but to stop the run, I mean, have you ever seen anybody like Frank Gore? I mean, the guy is what, 33? Yeah. He's just, it's a, it's a, it, did, no, did nobody tell him that running backs are old when they're 30? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's something. Um, He's not a guy who's going to get that hundred and some yards a game. He he could, um, and the Colts' offensive line is a better run blocking team than they are a pass blocking team. But Frank Gore, man, he still ha- finds a way to squeeze in between uh, little holes that you don't even see there. That's and what then Mike McCarthy out. said today on Gore is he was never seen a guy so able to get skinny and and find the tiniest little hole. And get you something on nothing. <laughs> it's weird because if you see him from the end zone, uh, and they're and the offense is coming towards you, you see him disappear completely behind both lines and all the defenders, and then you see a little hole in between two guys' legs, and him just come with his hands almost on all fours, squeezing through it for another four or five yards. And it's like, man, well, I don't even know how he's. So, how do you see that? And he gets so low. And so he's so strong too that if you don't get both hands on him or a solid hit on one of his legs and wrap, you're not going to bring him down. Um, he, you know, just he he's been uh, knocking off some bigger runs this year than the Colts. Uh, I think than Colts fans have seen in a long time. Not so much getting the twenty and thirty yard runs very often, but when you're used to seeing guys like, uh, well, you know, to bring up bad stories, Trent Richardson and. Some of the the bad running backs that the Colts have had in the past, not to mention the bad run blocking that the Colts have had in the past, and you add those two together, and there, you know, it just seemed like you could never see uh, a ten yard run or anything. And in fact, he's been as explosive right now as the Colts have seen since Donald Brown uh, was there in his final year of his contract. He was really explosive when he was in. He wasn't getting a lot of snaps, but um, Frank Gore's getting you know a lot of eight and ten yard runs they're very um picky i guess when they use him you know in the running and and the colts really don't have a choice but to use him in the running game because their only backup is uh robert turbin and they just simply won't give jordan todman an option uh as the receiving back back there which kind of blows my mind a little bit i think they're um passing up uh some potential offense in, in that regard uh, they haven't gotten anything out of Josh Ferguson, who's supposed to be that scat back speed guy back there, and he hasn't done anything. And they just won't even put Jordan Todman on the field. I mean, not that he's uh, any by any means a franchise guy, and you want Frank Gore on there as much as possible. But when you give him a blow, they need to give Todman, I think, an option. I don't know that he's had an offensive snap in several games. That's interesting. It, you know, since Green Bay started going with the receivers in the backfield by necessity, it, it made it gave me an appreciation for. Those are the easiest yards in the football field. Oh, yeah. You just throw the ball five yards to a running back, and you let your running back beat someone, and you can turn it into 10. It's the easiest yards in the field, and the Packers had never done it because they've always gone, and for good reason. They, they like big running backs here because you need a big running back in December at Lambeau Field, but you know, not that Ty Montgomery's an every-down running back, but it's just such easy yards where you put a, a guy who can catch the ball and, and with some make you miss to it. And a guy who can outrun linebackers. It's just, it's like mm-hmm. stealing money. Well, not like, not to mention, like you said, the Packers offensive line is nice. So when they get to that second level, those guys are cleaning up for him and he's getting a ton of yards after the catch. Yeah. And, and, the, and the receivers block too. Jordy Nelson, Devonte Adams are, are, are powerful guys and they'll go block. So mm-hmm. it's really been a revelation and, and 
and it made you wonder and makes you wonder why GM Ted Thompson has just never gone out and got a a quote unquote third down back is is a guy who can you know make something happen. It's always been and Lacey's made a lot of plays in the passing game, but right. there's no comparing Eddie Lacey to Ty Montgomery in the open field either. Right. Oh, and the other, no, absolutely not. And uh, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, Robert Turbin is uh, a power guy like Frank Gore. You know, that's their style, so to speak. Um, and then this Jordan Todman, who also has a little bit of power to him, but he's also the speed back guy. And he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities in the past years. But they, like I said, they're just bypassing that part of the uh, equation when they could be using that to improve their offense. I think the Colts' offense is pretty in pretty good shape right now. Uh, when you uh, kind of forget about all the hits that Luck's getting and the pressures that the offensive line are uh, giving up, but at the same time, they're they're going to need to be an amazing unit uh, in order to kind of cover up how bad the defense has been, especially in the passing game. Now, there's something else I wanted to ask you uh, about the the Packers in, in general. Where are they as far as uh, defensively being able to uh, create QB hits and actually getting constant pressure on the quarterback versus the sack um, uh, as far as like batting balls down? I mean, are they uh, extremely active in that regard or is it simply that uh, when they get to the quarterback, he goes down. No, they've had pretty consistent pressure. They, they've, they've got a lot of options. When they get in the third long, you got, obviously you got Clay Matthews. Nick Perry's had a, had a hell of a good year on any prove it contract season. He's, he's going to make a, a boatload of money. So those two guys, and, and then, then in their interior, they got, you know, Julius Peppers, who's, you know, he's 36. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's got three and a half sacks and really, really, really limited duty. They, they're, all about keeping him fresh for the games that matter. So he gets some pressure. The, you know, they got Dayton Jones, a former first round pick and Mike Daniels who go line up at D tackle on passing down. So they, they, they've got all sorts of ways to get pressure. What's killed them is their cornerback situation is just so horrendous. That defense corner, Dom Capers, who loves blitzing. I mean, when he gets out of bed, he's calling blitzes. Well, I mean, you know how it is. If, if your corners suck, you can't blitz. Right. So he's right. You know, he just, he basically waved the white flag of surrender against Matt Ryan to Falcons because, you know, Ryan was picking apart their guys, but he was so terrified to blitz that he didn't blitz. So it was just four man rush and Ryan nickel diving him down the field. But they, mm-hmm. they've, you know, I think this is the big advantage in Green Bay's favor in this one is Green Bay's got a really good rush. And if they're not getting home, their D line's better on a pretty fair amount of passes, too. Right. And against, you know, what's this statistically is a pretty porous. Pass blocking, which which you hit on earlier, I, I think, I think that really is Green Bay's chance to to hold up in the passing game. And and with uh, the Packers are only giving up like three point something uh, low threes yards yards per carry um, against uh, opposing offenses, and they've only allowed two touchdowns on the ground this entire season, which is tops in the league. Does let's say the Colts aren't uh, extremely. Uh, successful on the ground early in the game and they do what they have done, especially in the second half and go to the air almost exclusively. Does that present um, a little bit of help for that, that struggling secondary of green Bay uh, with their linebackers being able to help out in coverage? Cause I mean, when you become uh, a team that the opposing defense knows exactly what you're doing, it really doesn't matter where your strong points and your, in your weaknesses are at, those teams are going to just be like, okay, then we're going to sit back and we're just going to play coverage all day. Does that linebacking core, um, 
boost that secondary in that regard, if that's the case? And they, they've got, you know, Joe Thomas, he, he comes in, he's their dime linebacker, slash he comes in in their, in their fast nickel, I call it, kind of a passing down. He's, he's a pretty good coverage player. Um, rookie Blake Martinez from Stanford who's, is, is pretty good there. You know, Jake Ryan is their other starting inside linebacker, and he, he gave up the touchdown pass to Sanu. That, that, I hate to say he lost the game for him. That wouldn't be accurate, but he was in right. coverage on that. He's, he's kind of a uh, – it's not his strong suit, we'll, we'll say. You know, mm-hmm. for for Green Bay, if they can't stop Gore, they're going to lose because because Ryan will go or Ryan that was last week's game. I, Luck will go <laughs> play action and 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 they'll and they'll get destroyed. They have to they absolutely have to stop Gore and make it a second and eight and a third and five game. Because if it's second and five and third and two, forget it. I mean, they're, they'll they'll get worn out. But it it would be you know they 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 couldn't they couldn't get home on Matt Ryan and that quick stuff, and they couldn't match up with. With Muhammad Sanu in their number two receiver last week, I just if they can't stop Gore, they'll, they'll lose. And what are they? You know, the Colts have struggled on first and second downs on early downs in games uh, mightily, and their third down percentage isn't great. What does that? What does uh, Green Bay's uh, early down success uh, do to the Colts in, in this game? You're talking Green Bay's offense. Yeah, no, their defense. Yeah, it, it's it's everything. I mean, if if. I mean, you're not, you've you know you've seen this game long enough that if it's if 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 if, if Luck has second and five, then he, then he's at the mercy of the play caller, or or, mm. or if Luck's changing the plays, I mean, you're just totally at their mercy. Yeah, they they, they absolutely have to stop Gore and and give and give their corners a, a fighting chance. I mean, there's there's right. just no way around it. Right, and that's one of the major strong suits of this Green Bay defense is also that they're at 34 percent on third down. And that's uh, pretty impressive. I'm yeah, you know, some sure of that's... that though is that the, the, against the Bears, the Bears are like one out of a million in that game because they were down to a third string quarterback, Matt Barkley. A lot mm-hmm. of Green, a lot of Green Bay's defensive stats are skewed because of that game because the Bears were just, just so, so terrible. Right, that but either way, some, they're still some... in. There's either way, they're still going to be in the top ten percentage wise in third downs. And with the Colts struggling so much on first and second downs, that's what worries me. Is when you get into those third down and plus five situations, the Colts have uh, struggled to to deal with those. And if you're going against a team like Green Bay, who's successful in those in large part, that's going to be uh, that's going to be trouble. Yeah, it is. Green Bay's the best part of Green Bay's defense is. Stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. So that, it's, that's been the secret of third down is, is creating third and long. And they've had so many third and eights this year where the, well, they'll rush three and they'll drop eight and there's nowhere to throw the ball. And the quarterback checks it down and they tackle him for, for a gain of four. And they'll give up, you know, if it's third and eight, they'll give up six. Happily, if it's third and 12, they'll give up 10. They've been really good at, at that part of the game. You know, the, the fans hate the three-man rush. They just drives them crazy. Yeah. But it works almost <laughs> every time. But pay, mm-hmm. The only time people don't notice is when, is when it doesn't work. It, it's it's a it's been a good good defense for him. Much as I game. like, I think I'm gonna like it if if Green Bay does a three man rush because that seems to be the only time that the Colts offensive line is successful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the more they want a three man rush, I, I'm all for it. Now what what is Dom Capers especially good at um, when he comes into a matchup like this with a, a top level quarterback? Well, that's interesting. They have not had a whole lot of success against top quarterbacks, which is, I suppose, is why they're top quarterbacks. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a while ever since they lost Woodson. You know, once back in, you know, he was really good in 2010, and then he got old in a hurry. At least he got old here mm-hmm. before he hit the fountain of youth. I mean, they've 
they've had a lot of problems against big time quarterbacks. And, you know, Capers deal is blitzing. But, w- but what makes great quarterbacks great? It's because great quarterbacks win the mental side of the game. And you can have all the fancy blitzes in the world. But if the quarterback is so darn smart that he sees it coming, then he's beating your blitz before you can run it. So you know, I, top quarterbacks have really had their way. And maybe not, not just this year, but over the last several years. And mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been pointing this out since the schedule came out. You know, Green Bay just, you know, the Green Bay just faced Matt Ryan. They got they got this game against Luck. Um, next week it's uh, uh, got well it, it's Wentz and Cousins. I, for, I forget the order. Oh, it's oh it's Mar- it's Mariota next week, and then it's yeah, Cousins, and, and then it's Wentz. Yeah. And then it's uh, Russell Wilson after that. I mean, it, they just they were playing a, a gauntlet of top quarterbacks, and to me, this oh no, you forgot you forgot Osweiler after Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot him intentionally, and then <laughs> yeah. at the end you get you get Stafford, who's been who's been all world this year. Stafford's been great, and Bradford, yeah, who been. killed the, the Packers in Week Two. This is they're going to run a gauntlet of, of top quarterbacks here, and I think the the season might be defined on how they get through these next four or five games with. With Ryan last week, Luck this week, um, Mariota looks like he's a player, and then you get Cousins and, and Russell Wilson. And I'm not sure if Wentz is going to be good or bad or, or what his deal is, but it's a bunch of good quarterbacks, and, and, and they've struggled because blitzing coordinators have struggle, I think, against quarterbacks who can see the blitz coming. Uh, just for our for our listeners here, Bill, uh, whether you guys are going to the game this weekend in Lambeau or you're going to go to another game uh, further on in the year. The season is is halfway over, and one thing that you guys need to do is you need to get on SeatGeek. It's a free app on your phone. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games that you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for great value. Have you used this yet, Bill? It's great. I mean, with, within one touch, you can. Pr- it's like it's going to price like going to Priceline. You can price compare your tickets. It's unbelievably good. It is. I, I used it this past weekend uh, for the Chiefs game, and it was the easiest thing in the in the world to do. And I love that you can. I love that you get all the taxes and everything all in one. I really do. Uh, I think that's understated. People, you know, try to downplay that, but that's that's nice. You don't want any surprise charges on your account, and uh, this lets you know exactly what you're going to do. And like I said, uh, both Bill and I both have the SeatGeek app on our phones. It's by far the easiest way to to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, like Bill said, you can instantly find seats for this weekend or any weekend's games uh, this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you, like Bill said again, uh, by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see an underpriced, any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, both Bill and my, and my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's three now, beers, to, people at the game. Three beers. Oh, man. That is exactly what I was thinking when I was there. It was fantastic. I thought, this is great. Now I, I spend the same amount of money and I get me a little drink in the, in the middle of it. Uh, and to get this $20 rebate, guys, download the SeatGeek app. Super easy. Go to your, uh, your app store and download this app. Go to the settings tab. Make sure you do this before you start finding looking for your tickets or else you'll have to go back and start over. Uh, add a promo code. 
enter promo code LO Colts for the Colts or LO Packers. That's our shows. That's our promo codes. Use one of those. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Boom, right back in your pocket. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Colts or LO Packers today. You know what, Packers fans? You know the schedule. They got three state three straight road games coming up, which means the next home games in December. Sunday's forecast, sunny and 64. You can leave your blaze orange hunting gear at home. Enjoy a nice <laughs> sunny day at Lambeau. So by God, go to this game. And plus it's Riders against Luck for goodness sakes. You know? Nah, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? I tell you what, if it was any closer to home, we might actually be going to this one too. Because that, you know, I wish this past weekend was that game. Instead, I got uh uh Foles and uh Alex Smith, although they beat the Colts, not like uh the Colts did anything to stop them, but I would much rather have seen Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers. That would have been fantastic. Uh Luck should have played a little better too, but uh that's ne- neither here nor there. We're we're moving on. <laughs> I'm trying not to look in the rear view too much more. That's right. It's on the uh, Green Bay as Pagano told us in his conference call. Oh yes. Yes. He he was very much the same uh this throughout the week with uh the media availability around here as well. He either didn't like the call, uh, the the questions, or he just simply wanted to stop talking about anything but that. Um, Bill, something I want to ask you is, who is a guy on the Packers that the Colts fans may or may not know much about um, that you would expect to be uh, a big part of this game Sunday? Well, it's got to be Devontae Adams. Um, you guys, you know, if you're a fantasy football player, you, you know all about Devontae by now. He had. 13 catches against the Bears two weeks ago, and then 12 catches last week against Atlanta. That's 25 catches. I, I went to Pro Football Reference, and since 1950, that is five more catches than any Packers ever had over a two-game span. So he's been on fire. Wow. Part of that is because, hell, everyone else is hurt, and they're throwing the ball 100 times a game. But he's, <laughs> uh, you know what, Packer fans will know this. Coming, in, coming into training camp last year and through training camp, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy predicted that this guy was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, future star. They call him the offseason MVP, and they expected all these great things for him. Well, then he, he hurt his ankle early in the year, and, and his, you know, his, that was basically it. He played, but I mean, he was mostly ineffective. I mean, there, there was a game in November against the Lions where Aaron Rodgers threw him 21 passes, and he caught like 10 for like 60 yards. It was just the worst thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, it's been the Devontae Adams that the Packers thought they were getting as a second-round pick a few years ago. He's, uh, you know, he's not super big. He's, you know, six-one and change. He's not super fast, but he can jump. He's a big, powerful guy. Where you know, they, they and he's he's got the confidences up where he, he's catching the ball. You know, he's he's hard to tackle. Or if you get him down, he, he's at least dragging the guy for three or four yards of yak. He's he's turned to a, a real marquee player where where all eyes are on Jordy Nelson. You know, coming into the season after the torn ACL, it, it's really been Adams playing a big role in this offense. And I, I would think there's no reason for the Packers to, to deviate from that because he, he's the hot hand. Yeah, he, he kind of struggled last year uh, with catches. You mentioned that. And this year, it seems like he's kind of turned that around. He's he's done a pretty good job in rectifying that situation. Same question Where do you. you? Okay, go ahead. People who, uh, as Mike McCarthy called him, an uncommon opponent. So we don't mm-hmm. know a whole lot about here. Uh, some of the guys you may not know about T.Y. McGill up front, um, not, a, not a big, he was inactive early in the season for three or four games. Uh, he, he, along with David Perry have been, uh, basically the Colts interior, uh, push 
with Henry Anderson being sidelined for a good portion of the season so far. And I'll tell you, if if he gets through that line, then he's going to wreak havoc for Aaron Rodgers because he is quick for a big guy. He can leap. It's crazy how how athletic this guy is for as big as he is. And uh, I would say that he runs as much of a, a an issue of causing trouble as any pass rusher does for the Colts coming into Lambeau this week, uh, especially, like I said, with Henry Anderson out. And another guy that I think maybe uh, a lot of people don't know about, I mentioned him earlier in the show, but Akeem Ayers, he was a player uh, for uh, the Rams in the past. And a lot of people don't know about him, but he has been a very welcome addition to this Colts team. They picked him up not too long ago, and he wasn't getting a lot of snaps in the first few weeks he was in town, but he got a lot of snaps last week. Uh, Another guy, I'm just going to give you a third, Edwin Jackson, uh, inside linebacker. The Colts have struggled mightily with their linebacker coverages in space, and they uh, got rid of a couple guys. They need a a guy who can cover opposite to Quell Jackson, who's largely the run stopper. But Edwin Jackson is a guy who was kind of the favorite, if you want to call him that, in training camp of the lesser-known guys because he can both cover and tackle, and he's really good in pursuit. Um, He was actually, if you watched the game last week, he was the guy that put uh, Alex Smith down and kind of hit him pretty good. He's a very solid tackler, and... You know, these three guys are, especially with the injuries to to this team, these three guys are ever uh, pertinent to the Colts' success on defense. Since you did three, I'll, I'll give you a second one. And I've mentioned him already, and that'd be cornerback Ladarius Gunter. Again, undrafted out of Miami last year, he played like eight snaps on defense as a rookie. And because of injuries, he's suddenly become their number one guy by default, but he's, he's played well enough where he's going to have a role when everyone's healthy, he's he's still going to be playing. He's a again, he, he doesn't run very well. He's a, a press man, a great technician, and nothing mm. faces the guy. I mean, you think you think if you're an undrafted guy going up against Odell Beckham Jr., you're you know you know what in your pants. Well, he's right. He did, that didn't you know Beckham didn't phase him. Julio Jones didn't phase him. He's one mentally tough son of a gun, and I you know I, I think him against I assume he'll face Moncrief. That's a pretty good size. Uh, matchup there I, I think that's gonna be a great matchup that'll be interesting too because a lot of like uh dorsett has struggled a little bit getting off the line against some solid press coverage and you say he's a technician and that's ultimately more important than speed when it comes to situations like that especially when you've got a pass rush uh as you well know now uh moncrief uh in the past he's struggled against it and he's been out for you know, several games this year. So it's hard to say where he's at in that. But in the first couple of weeks of the season, he looked really good getting off of press coverage. So that will be uh, something that I'll be watching, especially close now, uh, especially since you brought it up, because I don't know much about him either, uh, the gunner. And uh, I'll be interested to see how that how that uh, pans out a little bit. That That's an interesting thing, especially if you say he's going to be in his face the entire game, because Moncrief's going to be essential to the Colts' success. Uh, especially in the passing game, the way that uh, some of these injuries are playing out. All right, Matt, who do you got winning? Well, I'm going to – I I have to uh, keep my uh, objective opinions uh, going this year. And, you know, I gave the Colts the benefit of the doubt last week and said that I thought that they'd win. Now, they've had 
a lot of close games. The two teams that have beaten them the most handily, the Chiefs and uh, the Broncos, the Colts were in both of those games, uh, whether they deserve to be or not. And I think that the Colts will be in this game as well, but it's uh, I'm, I'm giving it to the Packers, and I'm going to say um, I'm going to go 26-17. I think this is a little bit bigger of a loss than the Colts have had uh, have gotten used to, and Colts fans are usually uh, seeing a three and four point game, whether it's a win or a loss. But I think this one's going to be a little bit bigger. I was talking to one of my my colleagues, Rob Domoski from ESPN today, and I, I said I'm tempted to pick the Colts hmm. because of all that speed against a bad secondary, or not a bad secondary. I mean, a beaten up secondary, and who they have, they're not exactly the most fleet of foot. Mm-hmm. But Rodgers has gotten hot. They're, they're at home. Uh, I'm going to go Green Bay for reasons I'm not quite sure of, other than I think Rodgers <laughs> got things figured out, and I look at a 31st-ranked pass defense and a defense that can't rush the passer and, it can't, and a defense that doesn't intercept the ball. Right. Figure that, that what Green Bay's offense got going for a couple of games will continue again, and, and Green Bay wins like 30-24. to 24. Yeah, I'd say, that's, I'd say that's good too, and, and that really is where this matchup goes is between – uh, Luck and, and Rodgers, and it's going to be ever exciting. I, I just hope that it, I honestly hope that both teams play well and that it is a shootout because that is the most interesting game to watch. And uh, you want to see some some high level play in the defense as well, but you really want to see these two go downfield. I think just fans want to see that in general, want to see these two guys trying to carve up the opposing defenses, and both teams are successful. That is a good game in the NFL. And um, any of these games where you don't have partic- two particularly great teams at the moment in the league and they're just not scoring or putting up points, that turns people off immediately. Um, somehow this past uh, week when we saw uh, Arizona and Seattle tie, that that people love that game. Love but that that is not a game that every team in the league can play and have people interested in it, you know. Uh, the Browns and the Jaguars can't go six to six. Have any, nobody's watching that game after halftime, you know. Uh, but when you have two quality teams like Seattle and Arizona playing, that that turns things a bit. Yeah, I, I just see this. Maybe this is a, a, the first team to make a mistake loses. You know, it's a, a bad pass, a, a ball through a receiver's hands, and maybe, maybe a deflected pass to the line that just happens to go into the DB's lap. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I just see this being a one mistake kind of game. Yeah, I, I hope so, because that means that the Colts have cut down on them if there's only a one mistake. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with that. I, I like your interpretation of that. Uh, folks, thank you guys for joining us for this uh, Locked On crossover between the Packers and the Colts. Uh, always remember to uh, subscribe to uh, your Locked On Colts or Locked On Packers uh, shows. Thank you for uh, being interactive with us on social media, uh, whether it's the uh, Twitter account or Facebook or otherwise, make sure you guys are hitting us up. If you have any questions or concerns, uh, talk to us a little bit, tell us how you want or what you think we could do to make our shows better. Bill, thank you for joining me tonight, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Matt. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I will. And thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Uh, locked on Colts and locked on Packers. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone. So I'm deleting some stuff by singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.